to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by two of your usual hosts here. We've got uh, Mr. Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. Uh, Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Before I get into that, what was that pose? I, it, I was, I, right, so obviously this is audio only, but we're on webcam, and I did like a sort of pose to, to cue you in. like to, <laughs> Pass, pass t- the take baton. It, take it away, Tom. <laughs> Say Hello. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing well. Uh, good, good. Enjoying the sunshine. Keeping yeah. busy. Living my best lockdown life. What about yourself? Uh, much the same. I, I I took part though in uh, a neat little thing. Um, not gaming related. Uh, this is a couple of friends of ours. Um, Iona and Flora had organised. They normally organise a white elephant at Christmas. And uh, they decided, so last last Christmas, obviously with restrictions, what they did was they were driving around delivering the white elephant presents. And they thought it might be nice just to do it again, just cause. But there was a theme this time, so we had to hand make something. So I took part in this and uh, you're going you're, you're gonna to laugh. I know you're going to laugh at me. Um... I was struggling to think of, I, I, what can I make? I, I have no talents. What can I do? <laughs> um, and when I was shopping in Asda earlier, like uh, earlier this week, I walked past and there's a little craft section in the kids' aisle, and there's a paint your own uh, piggy bank. So, so I painted a piggy bank for someone. <laughs> Uh, Funnily enough, the the last time they did a white elephant that I was part of, which I think would have been last year for Christmas, like not the yeah. Christmas there, the Christmas before, I got uh, a my my present for the white elephant that I put into it was a white elephant piggy bank, which I thought Yay. was ingenious. I was that's, like, it's that's a white very elephant. clever. You get a white elephant, and it's a, it's a little piggy bank. The person that got it didn't look as impressed as as. Uh, as I felt it merited, but you know, I stand well, by. Well, well, well. Um, by the way, I'm talking about white elephants as if everyone listening knows what it is, but I don't think it's a particularly common thing. It's kind of like Secret Santa, except you're you're buying a present, and but you don't know who's going to receive it. Is basically the the gist of it. Yeah, which it is goes a into lot a harder. Pool. It's, it's a lot harder than Secret Santa. <laughs> So I, I don't like Secret Santa at the best of times. I'm, I'm a bit of a Grinch about it because mm-hmm. I struggle to get for people I don't know very well. I struggle to get for people I know really well. So I really struggle for people I don't know very well. And I don't like getting tapped myself. So I hate it when I get crap Secret Santas. Like, I'm being brutally honest here, right? So you then, did, you, Hold on, hold on. You did well. You, you did right by me for the podcast Secret Santa last year. Yeah, with, with like a lot of effort for what really shouldn't have been that bloody difficult. <laughs> um, I get I get really stressed. I get really anxious yeah. about them. Like they cause me actual anxiety. Really? Yeah, I really don't I don't like them. Like gift giving for me is a, it's I've always struggled with it. Like I either know exactly what I want to get someone. Like the second like there's a gift I'm like boom they're getting this or I will be like an anxious mess where I'm like what if I get them something crap? What if they hate it? What if they hate me because of it, you know? And it just, it spirals. So white elephants are are just that to the next level mm-hmm. because you there's a possibility you probably get something you might not like. As much as, like, you know, it's the thought that counts and all that jazz. Like, if you get a bit of crap that you just have to sort of squirrel away somewhere, um, I just always feel a bit bad about that. And equally, if I give some someone something and I can tell from just the look on their face that they're like, what the buggery is this garbage there's, some, there's usually some safe options though there are but i don't like safe options as well okay you like I to do. live dangerously i mean i don't because it makes me anxious <laughs> <laughs> um, is this the problem <laughs> yeah but you know i don't i don't like playing it safe either 
and it's the same mm-hmm. with, with gifts for people I know you know I, I don't want to just get the most obvious thing um, I like I like getting stuff that I want really like I, as much as I like being surprised if someone's getting me a present I'd actually rather they were like I want to get you a birthday present what do you want and I'll be like I want this and they'll get it me I'll be like yay <laughs> you know <laughs> I got I, the thing I wanted I have a patented method of figuring out how to buy a good gift right okay I can tell you want to hear it, so I'm going to tell. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I, I was so, just leaving that open for you to no, continue. No, okay, no, 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 no. It's good. <laughs> it's good. So, in my mind, a great gift is something that someone would want. They don't need, mm-hmm. and they would never buy for themselves. Okay. So the idea, like, like it's it, it, stuff like I, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna offend someone by saying this. But see when you buy, like, the kind of gifts like buying someone driving lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Is anyone really ever excited to receive driving lessons as a gift? I would. You know, it's kind of like, you've, you've saved me a bit of money and that's great, but it's not, um, it, it's not fantastic. Like, I think gifts should be completely frivolous. Like, I, I would actually, I, I'm going to argue against you here, just <gasps> completely go off on a tangent. I would love driving lessons i i didn't get driving lessons growing up i still not had driving lessons and like all my friends were getting you know driving lessons for for birthdays and christmas mm. and things and i i dropped hints you know i, I was like you know oh wow. my friends are learning to drive but never got them um and i, I would have loved it i think they're they're a great thing to get at a very certain point in your life you know yeah. if, if if you're like in that kind of like just just out the back of 16 you know up to maybe like 19 you probably mm-hmm. appreciate them once you become an adult maybe less of a a fun gift well it, the the thing with the thing with driving lessons is they're not cheap either no. like frankly if i was buying you a present like the kind of budget i'd be setting that would be like a single driving lesson or two at the absolute most so I'm kind of actually just committing you to spending more money because yeah, you I can't do anything with two driving lessons. That's something I have got kind of a bit frustrated with, and it is a fair point, actually. Like, I wouldn't expect you to buy me driving lessons, right, because you could only buy me one or two rather mm-hmm. than, like, a block, right? And and I've had similar with gifts that I've had before from people where they've bought me, like, one thing to, that you really can't use in and of itself, and it's kind of part of a set. And I'm like, what you have bought me here is an obligation to commit to whatever this is related to. So what you're saying is, if I really want to get under your skin, my next gift to you should be like a miniature for a brand new army. Yeah. like, like It's like, like a, here you go, here's a single character for this faction you don't own anything for. Now you have to spend hundreds of pounds. And do you know what that, that t- tends to be as well? And This is one of the things that's getting me angry, right? It's... It's 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 not even something you really want. It's something they do that they want you to be involved in. <laughs> so they get you like a snippet of it, like yes. a taste. You know, it's like a drug dealer. You know, your first one's free. First Here you go. Free. Now you're in. And like, I I get so annoyed about it. I'm like, I don't want this. You want me to have this so that I can do something with you. This isn't about me. This is about you. You get. That's it. and right. So part two of my patented like gift buying uh, guide is ne- like never be selfish with your gift like yeah. don't 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 buy something you think someone ought to have like that's terrible like you're just projecting things onto other people like the one i get this a lot as a gift right and i know it's meant with good intention <laughs> but i i find sorry it... I'm, I'm laughing at how much of a tangent we've gone no we just completely this. forgot we're doing a <laughs> podcast it's when people get you deodorant for christmas i hate that i'm like are you are you saying i'm a sweaty bastard like do you think i need i need deodorant like this is it's the you've put the least slot in it it's three pound from a super drug and you're implying that I have personal hygiene it's, That is kind of like the ultimate, like, I have no idea what to get you yeah. thing. Because, like, it's it's a bit of a meme. And I, I growing up, I was never subject to it. But I'm aware that a lot of men at Christmas from someone 
will receive Link's Africa gift sets. Like, you know, and like, I, I, I've never, I've never received one because fortunately all my family, like, <laughs> care enough about me to know what I would like. But yeah, uh, it's, it, you're right. It's a lazy gift. It's a lazy gift. So one Christmas I got four different link sets with the deodorant wow. and the, the, like the shower gel, right? I can't use the shower gel. I have, re- and, and the people that got this for me know that I have sensitive skin. This is not like a secret. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's literally plastered on my face. Um, and I'm like, you've given me a gift that 50% of it I have to give away and 50% of it's an insult. This is garbage. <laughs> Try harder. Get me quality street for f- sake. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. The episode title. <laughs> <laughs> Right, shall we? Um, shall we talk about board games and tabletop games and stuff? Go on then. Twist yeah. my arm. Yeah, um, there's some. There's a bit. A, been a bit of weirdness happening with with Games Workshop this week. So mind this Warhammer Quest Curse City that everyone's been hyped up about and got um, basically got released last weekend. Uh, people who pre-ordered received theirs. And in the run up to this and throughout everything, the what like the Games Workshop media team have been saying like there will be more in stock. They they have been saying this is gonna be similar to Blackstone Fortress in terms of availability, right? Mm-hmm. However, within the last and so and just to uh, recap, sold out online within hours. That's my door. Okay, guys. Sorry, we had to we had to cut there because uh, Amazon decided to deliver this package to Tom halfway through recording. So surprise unboxing video. Are you ready for it's this like audio? Yeah, let's hear it. Here we go. This is exciting. I really, I I really hope this is the thing that you were expecting. Anyway, they would open it and be like, and it's butt plugs. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> No, it is exactly what I expected it to be. It's very exciting. Uh, I think our listeners are going to be really enthralled. Uh, mm-hmm. So within this package, there is a brand new pair of slippers. <laughs> hey, right. I am a slipper user myself, uh, so I, I respect that. Dunlop? Is that Dunlop? Dunlop slippers, yeah. I had no idea Dunlop did slippers. They do, yeah. So I have slippers, but they're getting a bit tatty. They're a bit old. I've had them for a while, sure. so it was uh, it was time. There we go. Comfy uh, on the feet. Got that nice new slipper feel. Good, comfortable feel. Nice tight. Uh, yeah, it's a nice tight hole there. That's that's really not not no, the term I was no. going for. God no. <laughs> Just right. Just no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, back to. Back to what we were discussing. So, uh, as I was saying, really hyped up, uh, Curse City, and sold out on their online store within hours. Uh, probably not even hours, actually. Like probably, probably within the hour that it went online. Mm-hmm. Um, however, within the last week. It's no longer even showing in Games Workshop's web store. It has been effectively erased from history. <laughs> it's not even like showing us out of stock, right? Uh, and since this has come down off the web store, there has been a tweet out from the Warhammer community, um, the Warhammer community account, saying they're not expecting it to come back in stock online. And that if you want a copy, you need to check either your local Warhammer store or your local gaming store. Mm-hmm. So, speculate wild speculation has been going around the internet as to what on earth has happened here. Um, I think the one that to me was most interesting, and I heard this, I heard this sec- so I heard this secondhand from Midwinter Minis. Um, he was he did a little stream the other night talking about it and w- what he had heard was that um, so on on the box it says made in the United Kingdom 
However, there is a lot of printed material in uh, Curse City, which is made in China. And the suggestion has been made that the and because of the amount of that in the box, uh, it means, strictly speaking, it can't be classified as made in the United Kingdom and is therefore subject to a lot of extra tariffs uh, for, for imports. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea if that's true or not. It sounds like a reasonable explanation as to what might have happened. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the Warhammer community, uh, Warhammer community's Twitter has said that we're not expecting this back in stock online. So, contrary, contrary to what they previously said, that this is effectively an unlimited run, much like Blackstone Fortress was, uh, this was a limited release, and people did not know it was a limited release uh, at the time. I mean, uh, we, we even said, when we were talking about it, we said to people, don't panic by it. Because it's not a limited release, so we. I genuinely, I, 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 I genuinely feel a little bad about that now, yeah. but we were, I, we, I, I was acting like on on the information that I had to hand. <laughs> so, yeah. I um, mean, there's been there's been screen caps and things that have been put up on the internet. I, I saw some myself that you know clearly evidence that that was that was what they were putting out. You know, that was the impression that they were they were giving off. Uh, prior to its release and, and prior to you know even a few days afterwards um that this was going to be the case and and now it's obviously anything but and it's such a strange spin on it because there's not been a warhammer quest limited release like this you know every warhammer quest prior has been just on the shelves you know i remember seeing mm-hmm. uh silver tower uh the second one that i can never remember the name of uh, Shadows over Hammerhall, is it? Oh, like yeah, that? I was going to say it was Hammerhall. Uh, yeah. And obviously Blackstone Fortress were all on the shelves for, for months, at least, if not longer. Uh, I think Blackstone Fortress is still available on the, the web store at the moment, and that's been out for, for donkeys. Um, mm-hmm. But this one, it's like, you've got an hour. <laughs> You're buggered. It's and it's, it's a scalper's paradise now. You know, they've, yeah, they've set themselves I can, up for a fall. I kind of... Um, I, I I really don't like this um, the this idea of uh, the FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Like the, Which I've noticed with the limited releases kind of drives that. And I don't like... I don't mind it so much when it's... To be honest, like, a very recent example, see that, that Piety and Pain box? Mm-hmm. I don't mind that so much because there's literally just two models in there that are exclusive to that. If you if you if you can get in in time, you get a great bargain on the minis in it. But mm. otherwise, it's it's not stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to get. And I will personally guarantee you that those two minis that were exclusive to it will be released separately because that has literally happened for every single other box set that they've ever done that with. Yeah. Right. Um. When it's a product like this, though, it's a standalone game, and every single miniature in the box is exclusive to that game, that feels a bit rubbish to me now because, like, pe- people would have wanted to buy this. Like, they didn't need to make this, like, any sort of limited run at all. No. Like, which it kind of makes me think that. The only reason they've had to do this is because of some sort of legal technicality. Now, for full disclosure, it is just the Warhammer community Twitter that has said that they're not expecting it back in stock online. We don't know officially. Like, Obviously, that's controlled by Games Workshop, mm-hmm. but you know, it, they're the ones who said it was going to be an unlimited run in the first place. So equally, this could be a miscommunication as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that, that that's not collaborated by what's happening on the web store, though, because it's been well, taken, yeah, the, taken and out. I, that's that's the weird. The weirdness is the fact that it's it's not even there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just not even showing. It's like out of stock. It's just like no, nope, no, nope, this doesn't exist. Don't know what you're talking about. 
It's 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 like when Joseph Stalin went through all his old photographs and edited out like any of his rivals. <laughs> like, I think it's a real shame from a hobbyist perspective as well, and not just for existing people that wanted it and didn't get it. These standalone games sell really well for Games Workshop with existing hobbyists, but they're also really good for bringing back old hobbyists or for even bringing in completely yeah. new blood. When I Absolutely. worked at Games Workshop, there were many a time when we, when a standalone game would come out and a random person would walk past and they would see the box art, they would see the minis, you know, they would see, because you'd have it set up back in the day, um, mm. and they'd come in and they'd be like, what's this? And I'd be like, oh, you know, this is... Um, Dreadfully or whatever, you know, maybe not the best example, but I was I just gonna say, do you sell a lot of copies of Dreadfleet, Tom? I, I did really well with the Dreadfleet Fleet Reloss. It was the 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 the, the, the Dreadfleet <laughs> release. Uh, it was it was massive in in my store. Um, we had a great day. We made a really big thing of it though. Um, I think you sold me a copy of it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it was and. And that's that was because we we had it in store. We built the hype, you know, and we'd have people coming in afterwards who'd who'd been in on that day, but maybe didn't have the money and picked mm-hmm. it up. And we had people who who would pass by and they'd see it set up. And maybe they're not into, you know, whatever the the, the sort of established game is, whether it's Age of Sigmar or Forty K or or even like Lord of the Rings. Um, and they wanted they saw this game and they were like, "What's this? This I've not seen this when I've walked past." And you'd be like, "Oh, this is a new game, you know, whether it's Warhammer Quest or." Uh, Blood Bowl or uh, Space Crusade or um, you know whatever not Space Crusade mm-hmm. Space Hulk uh, I wasn't around when Space Crusade came out <laughs> I'm not, that, not old. that old um, <laughs> yeah and they would you know they'd come in and they pick it up so this is going to be a shame you know imagine having a a cursed city set up in in store at the front oh, window yeah especially now that the stores are reopening folk walk past that you know the store's been closed for a year. Um, they've not seen anything new, and then there's this boom. Here's this cool dungeon crawler game. The miniatures are like better than they've ever been, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I was saying this before we started recording, but like Ben has received his copy last weekend, and I was I was around at his, and uh, he, he he was getting all the minis built, and he he managed to build all the like the playable characters and like the boss villains that you can face off against, and my god, they're nice. Mm. Like there's not a, there's not a single um, there's not a single bad one among them. They, 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 they all look really cool, distinct. They have that sort of what I really like about all the playable characters is they have that sort of design theory of like all the silhouettes of them need to look completely different from one another so that you could spot them a mile away. Yeah. Um, just that they're absolutely fantastic, and it is such a shame that like. A lot of people are not going to get their hands on them. I, I kind of, I hope that somehow that they put it back into production, but we're we'll, we just going to wait and see. It brings up an interesting point as well, and you you mentioned this with obviously using fear of missing out for selling stuff, and I really don't like that in general. Mm. I think it's a very cheap marketing tool. Like rather than releasing, and I'm not saying that Curse it isn't a good product because it it blatantly is, you know, like yeah. Um, but it's quite often used for, you know, not not always a stellar product or to bump a, a product's numbers up, you know, to be like, you can only get this in this small window. Um, and it, it's it's such a cheap tactic. And, and in a way, they haven't used it in this case. But I think going forward, it's going to have a, a knock-on effect on future releases. And I kind of said this to you before we started recording, that I think it, it's going to impact people's confidence when Games Workshop do release future solo products and things you know it it's funny because like i'm I'm seeing online there's a lot of like angry people online there's always angry people online about anything but like uh, in this case you know that that this doesn't book that trend Mm -hmm. Uh, and i'm reading some of the angry comments and i'm thinking to myself oh boy let me introduce to you to a company called wizards of the coast and some of the fomo tactics they use for magic the gathering um, but I will say this in their favour, right? At least Wizards of the Coast are transparent when it is limited or not. Mm-hmm. You know, at least you're gonna know that you've got to get there quick, uh, and that they, they're very good at communicating this product. We're gonna print until people don't want it anymore. 
and this product we're only planning on printing a certain number of. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't. I, I I'm with you though. I I hate the. I hate this. Um, because it is, it's, 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 it's playing on people's vulnerability, frankly. It's manipulation. It is. But, I mean, but, I mean the, the companies, they're, they're going to make money. That's what they're going to do, right? But it doesn't mean we have to like it. Um, and Games Workshop have kind of dodged it for a very long time. Their, limit, their, their limited products were always typically just like convention exclusive miniatures right like yeah. or you know old miniatures that they will retire eventually they, they were never they, they never typically used to do the here's this product and when it's gone it's gone yeah you know so i i think I, there's one thing that annoys me even more um just to spin off it is mm-hmm. when people use fear of missing out and they, they use it for this is limited release or you know only 500 being made or when it's gone it's gone that's really manipulative it's really annoying it's when companies do that and then 180 on it two years later and they're like here it is back and i'm like no no No, that's not what you said no you you lied (laughs) actually games workshop have done that a couple of times uh indomitus was like that yeah although they announced very quickly that they were going to print more of Indomitus. Yeah. I think as soon as it became clear that the demand for it far outreached what they were expecting. Yeah. Uh, but the other one is third edition Space Hulk, right? Yep. That came came back like literally out of nowhere five years later. Yeah. It's like we're, none of us were expecting this. Why? Why are you doing this now? <laughs> I mean, I'm not angry. I can buy it again now, but <laughs> like, it's just it—it's deception, right? And it's you're—you're mm. you're selling things under false pretenses, which I—I I don't think is—is is right. It's like when they say this this model's exclusive to this. No, it's not. You're gonna release it singly in in two years' time. Ah, but it's exclusive now. Now, it's like, yeah. shut up, shut up. So <laughs> that, that old future armor quote of. As you are technically correct, which, as we all know, is the best kind of correct. <laughs> like, uh, that stuff just—it really it grinds my gears. You know, it really gets gets my my back up. But yeah, hopefully, dear listener, all of you who wanted a copy of Curse City were able to get a, co- a copy of Curse City. If not, by all means, check your local game stores. Uh, because uh, uh, evidently a, a fair number has been given to distributors for uh, t- to land in those shops. So hopefully, if you want it, you'll be able to find it. Alternatively, Otherwise, I believe Dreadfleet's still available on eBay. <laughs> for people low, can't low get price. rid of that for love and money. I've still got my copy here, sat unloved. Yeah, I kind of thought that might have been another space silk, but didn't pan out that way um i although i am gonna make a point of painting those ships at least they're still nice miniatures Mm -hmm. yeah it's a lovely it's a lovely looking game uh Mm. it's not even a it's not a bad game it it's quite fun it's just not got a lot of replayability is it's kind of play through the story and then that's it right you sort of play it once and you go Okay, there's right, really not cool. a whole heap else to do here. Yeah. <laughs> Except play the same thing over and over. Aye. So, um <laughs> I'll update everyone on my, my progress with painting Dreadfleet when I get around to that, you know, you know, literally what are we, ten years after it's been released now? At least. No, longer, N- I think. No, it's not longer. It's not longer. It it probably is at the very top end of ten years though because it's it's about I think it is ten years yeah because it was when I was living in Carlisle yeah oh yeah oh I feel old now we old. moving on <laughs> moving on uh, the other bit of news uh, I thought would be worth mentioning is uh, Cool Mini or Not have launched on Kickstarter My- Marvel United X Men. So this is their an expansion to their Marvel United game, which is um, kind of a miniatures game. Um, I say it's a miniatures game. 
it's chibi miniatures. It's yeah. Like chibi. No, as, uh... yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like Super Dungeon Crawler style. If if you don't like, so chibi is a Japanese um, manga style, which is like super cutesy, basically, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. That, they usually have humongous like, heads. In, uh, yeah, like oversized heads and cute features and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I bring this up. Mr. Mannering, knowing that you are a purveyor of all things Marvel, and uh, does does it tickle your fancy? I'll be brutally honest, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, so I've I've done a bit of research into it. Uh, when the first uh, Kickstarter for it came out, I sort of every time a Marvel thing comes out, I'll always have a bit of a look into it. Um, I think. As adorable as the the little miniatures are, it's not my my bag. I'm not really a cutesy yeah. game person. It's not something I enjoy. Uh, I'm not edgelord, you know. I'm not like oh, it has to be gritty and grimy. But you know, this is <laughs> this isn't what I'm. Why I I get into Marvel. Um, sure. I think it's a great game for younger fans. It's from everything I've read. It's a little bit simpler than a lot of the other games that are out there that, that kind of support the, the Marvel brand. Obviously, there is a, a Marvel Miniatures game uh, mm-hmm. that's very popular, um, and there's the card games uh, that I play, like Legendary and Champions, um, which can all be a bit complex. I understand that this is fairly easy to learn um, and isn't too high a difficulty curve. Uh, it looks great. You know, it's very colourful uh, once you paint the minis up. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a lot of character to them. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, I'm not interested in cutesy. Yeah, that's fair. I, I I agree with you. It's an aesthetic that doesn't particularly appeal to me. Which is one one of the reasons I've never really given Super Dungeon Crawler a go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it looks bad though. No. Like I think it's like well executed for the style, but no thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. Likewise, I've no, I've no desire to particularly learn this miniatures game. Like, I did, I tell you, the one miniatures, there's one miniatures game that I do fancy. It's loosely related here. It's apparently the Batman miniatures game is meant to be very good, and I wouldn't mind giving that a go at some point. I've never I've... got around to it. The minis look lovely for it. not chibi. No. FYI. <laughs> um but they look the the minis look really cool. They they actually what I really like about it is that they've got miniatures in all a lot of the different styles of Batman. Like you've got the sort of I think I think they started at first with the sort of more familiar um Christian Bell yeah, it was it was kind of in that vein, mm-hmm. but they've also done stuff that kind of looks a bit more like the animated series from the nineties. Yep. They've done stuff that looks more like the TV show from the sixties. Stuff from like classic comics, um, which I think is neat. That's 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 cool that you can do that. Um, it's something that that's the you know, like I, I wouldn't mind maybe giving that a go. I think that the trouble is right. Even with skirmish miniatures games, it's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to learn, and so unless you already know people who are playing it, I don't know if I want to like roll the dice and go. Okay, I'll see if I like this, and then gamble on the fact that my friends are uh, going to be willing to invest in the time and money and everything to get into this as well. Do you know what right? you could do? Buy them something for Christmas. Yes, there we go. Ah, nice callback. Yeah, uh, air horns. <laughs> so I think um, I've I've never got into any of the superhero miniature games, and it's not because I don't think they look really cool. Because I do. Uh, the Batman ones are a really good example of it. The Marvel ones look really nice as well. Um, the the challenge for me with those, and it's with any miniatures game really, is mm. once you invest into a miniatures game. For the most part, you're going to want to have enough to play it yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if you're lucky, you're maybe part of a big group of friends that all play like Warhammer 40k, for example. And, you know, one person might 
be a bit of a scenery hoarder like me or Mm -hmm. one person might you know buy all the army books like josh um so you you, between you 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 sort of pull enough resources to have everything you need right um and warhammer 40k is a really good example of that because loads of people already play it so coming into it off the bat you've got communities groups you've got the stores you can go to Mm -hmm. with these they're a little bit more niche so as you say there's not really as many people you can just go and play the batman miniatures game with right you yeah you kind of need to form your own group for the most part or get a bit lucky with a community um and then not only have you got the fact that you've got to get a group together and you've got to get the miniatures to play with but you need terrain because it's got its own terrain as well you know i mean you could use 40k stuff maybe but well because this is what i was going to say right so here's the thing with what uh, loads of people play warmer 40k so they'll have like the grim dark science fiction terrain now as an aesthetic and i'm thinking off the top of my head another big miniatures game is infinity mm-hmm. right now aesthetically they are very different infinity is more in common with the sort of like japanese anime mm-hmm. style of science fiction than warhammer does yeah right um but you could get away with using warhammer 40k terrain mm-hmm. for it right i don't really think you could do that with batman no i don't picture batman like kicking ass around like plasma coils. Yeah, I mean maybe. Like, but it's a stretch, it's a bit, though, right? It's, it's a not... stretch. Yeah. So, so then you kind of think, okay, right. Well, I've got to get some like city terrain now, and that's an investment mm-hmm. in ti- like time and money because you've got to buy it, and depending on what you buy, you might have to build and paint it as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, I'm 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 hundreds of pounds deep into this one game, yeah, which. I appreciate is where we are with 40k but as you've quite rightly pointed out there's like loads of people who play that game yeah so you know you can you'll have no bother finding someone in your like nearest town or city i mean like by by contrast i used to play hero clicks quite a lot right which draws mm. on a lot of the superhero stuff marvel has stuff in it DC has stuff in it. Quite a few other properties have had hero clicks as well, um, and that had a a fairly low entry point price wise. Yeah. You could get like a team set that was like ten pound. The models were questionable though, um, and you could get like a mat. You got what you paid for, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but even that, which has a low entry point, I struggled to get a group for you know because. Not everybody wants to play superhero games. And Do you know what the thing that put me off Hero Clicks was? I kind of like I risking getting hate mail again, but um, I I just thought the minis look naff. Mm-hmm. It's not, and I'm not talking of the fact that they were sort of on the low end of quality. I can like I can get by that. Like mm-hmm. if people want to, as a comparison, if people want to use like Reaper Bones minis for like Dungeons and Dragons, that's absolutely fine. You know, like mm-hmm. people have different budgets, and um, you know that they, they they, you know they 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 have a uh, they 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 do the job, mm-hmm. right? It, I I didn't like the little clicking wheel in yeah. the Hero Click stuff. I just thought that was what this just feels gimmicky. Yeah. Like, that's information I could just track on something else. Yeah. Like, so. I think it that was, was my little be, thing. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be that you didn't have to track every minutiae and things, and it, it worked. It was functional. And, and I had some some fun games of Hero Clicks, but it, it never really, like, bit into me. You know, I never really mm-hmm. got excited about it. Um, it, was, it was just a game that I was like, yeah, you know, it's got superheroes, and I really like superheroes, so... I guess this is kind of a fix. Although they did some of that I thought was really, really crappy. So they would they used kind of a magic esque model where when you mm-hmm. bought a box it was like a booster and you would get okay. like three common figures and then one rare figure. Right. So like you might have like Superman was a rare figure, right? But you could get Superman in like the starter sets that you got that had like sure. six fixed figures in it. But the Superman in there was garbage 
and didn't actually oh, play. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Like that was a different Superman to the rare Superman, and he was pants. You know, he could get like his ass handed to him by Robin, and you had to go and buy the boosters to I, try and get the rare Superman. I actually right. I that is rubbish, but I don't know why I think it's rubbish because I'm perfectly fine with Magic the Gathering, like the the rarity there. But because Superman I, isn't flexible there isn't like a a common superman yeah and a rare superman you know i suppose yeah it's a bit different because suppose with magic the gathering's planeswalkers they get different cards some of which are like clearly a bit dud yeah deliberately but yeah it's not quite the same as like oh i've got superman in the starter kit oh he's awful and i mean to to kind of focus on your point there the dud planeswalkers are still better than a common creature for the most part you know they're still yes they still feel like planeswalkers right they're they're yeah. maybe not on par with like uh the mythic rare planeswalkers but they are still cool they're still planeswalkers they're maybe a yeah. bit muted um but yeah i think you know it's it's just it's it's a cheap tactic um and yeah fair enough it's a way to to go okay little jimmy here you go you've you've got superman now um which is mm-hmm. something i suppose but like I, I had that situation. I was like, okay, I've got like Superman now, and he's crap. <laughs> you know, this is, not, <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, so yeah, that 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 kind of annoyed me. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. That's on fair. the subject of, of superheroes, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna briefly uh, segue segue great the, segue the episode smooth, smooth as anything so I, I mentioned recently that I was I was playing solo through Marvel Champions mm-hmm. uh, and I'd got the Galaxy's Most Wanted set so I finished uh, on Thursday I had my my day off work and I, I had a hardcore uh, Marvel Champions sesh uh, nice and I played through all of the Rise of Red Skull uh, box set I played the Kang the Conqueror box set which is really fun but really needs multiple players to get the most fun out of it. Okay, yeah. um, and I started the Galaxy's Most Wanted. What I really like about Kang the Conqueror, though, I'll briefly mention this, uh, although I didn't get to see it in action, is Kang the Conqueror, for, for you, Josh, and anyone that doesn't know, is a time-traveling villain, right? right? And he's really smart, and there's versions of him that exist in loads of different time periods uh, okay. where he has like, traveled to and set up shop and kind of mm-hmm. tried to man- manipulate history and things. And when you play him, so when you first encounter him, you fight him as just like Kang. It's like, yo, Kang's here. So you fight him, and then when you beat him, you go to the next stage, and it's like, you've beat Kang, and he's panicking. So he jumps back in time, but he, like, when you try to follow him, he sends all the heroes off into different points in time. Now, I didn't get the benefit of this because I was playing on my own. So I just got one time period. But if you're playing that with other people, you all get your own Kang deck to fight, which has a different time period. And well, that's cool. Yeah, and depending on how quickly you beat him depends on kind of like how the the final phase, which is his final form, uh, sort of pans out as well. And I thought that was really cool. Like, I didn't get to see it in action. Like I, I went into it and obviously it was just me. So I got sent to like ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. fought him in ancient Egypt and then went and fought his final form. Although I did get a cool bit where I had a... A temporal portal and a T-Rex came out of it, like into ancient Egypt. So that was fun. Nice. Uh, and my giant Ant Man was like wrestling a T-Rex. So that was fun. So educate me, Tom. I've never heard of Kang the Conqueror. So Kang is—he's uh, going to be quite big in the the next phase of Marvel, apparently. Uh, oh, that you okay. haven't seen the last phase of, but we'll move on from that. Uh, but basically, about that already. <laughs> basically, Kang is, uh, as I say, he's a time-traveling villain from the future, uh, and he sort of travels through time, and he appears. He's he's kind of an Avengers enemy, uh, but right. he has, he's tangled with like the Fantastic Four uh, sure. quite extensively as well, and, and other uh, elements of the Marvel. But was it Avengers that he first appeared in? I'm not sure if I'm honest. It's it, I think it's either Avengers or Fantastic Four that he's from. Sure originally but i could be wrong uh he's not a villain i'm massively aware of i know him well enough uh mm-hmm. but he's not like someone that i'm you know like i know all oh this of. guy yeah um but he basically like goes through time and, and at some points in time as well he, he kind of shows up as like a good guy where like he's kind of had maybe a bit of a crisis of conscience or something's happened mm-hmm. and he's kind of 
put him onto a different track. So like he becomes Iron Lad at one point. Uh, Iron Lad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's a like, northern English Iron Man. I know, um, <laughs> and he's like uh, he's Ramatut in in uh, Egypt and and all these different mm-hmm. uh, incarnations of him. Um, and yeah, he's very much a time hopping uh, villain, which is going to be really relevant in in future MCU because they've kind of introduced sure. time travel and, time and travel. multiverse. Oh, it. I kind of I'm, I am surprised they're doing that because. Time travel is an absolute bugger to write. But it creates so many problems. If it's wrought well, it's I'll great. go back to the future. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, I love time travel. Like, I've, I've always really liked it as a concept. And I really like mm-hmm. it in fiction when it's used well. Um, like, I, I really like Doctor Who, some of the Doctor Who episodes that, that do the. I was the just going to bring stuff. up Doctor Who. Like, where do you stand on him? Yeah. I like it for the most part. I think it's in recent years it's got a bit weaker. Um, mm-hmm. Not because of the female Doctor Who. Don't don't put me down. I've not even watched. Shut up, alt right. Yeah, like I I stopped <laughs> watching before it was even that was a factor. I, I I sort of stopped midway through the Peter Capaldi period. Yeah, because I just felt the quality of writing had kind of plummeted, which was a shame. Well, that was after uh, what's his name left. Um, Damn, head writer. Really good TV writer. Russell T. Davis? Russell, yes, Russell Davis. There yeah. we go. Um, yeah, so he he'd left. So I, I just felt the writing in Capaldi's stuff wasn't great, and I, I just lost interest sort of halfway through. Uh, I will catch up with it eventually, probably when I have a you know rainy Sunday or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like time travel storylines. I think they're, they're a lot of fun. You can do a lot with them. They are tricky, and you can sort of write yourself in circles almost mm-hmm. if you're not careful but i think the marvel universe to to go back to it has it's got some good writers behind it it's got some savvy people behind it i think they'll do good yeah. stuff with it you only need to look at things like one division which i appreciate you haven't seen uh to see that they can do some very clever storylines um mm-hmm. using things like uh different dimensions and uh cryptic writing and stuff like that so yeah i'm looking forward to it uh i suppose like the benefit of having of the marvel cinematic universe being allowed to be a thing because that not nothing in cinema has ever happened quite like that um we've had connected films before but not on the nowhere near the same scale and now that disney plus exists where they can do like wacky stuff like wandavision we're we're kind of even closer to the sort of creative freedom that you can get when you you write comic books right because comic comics go all over the place yeah. in terms of what their characters end up doing and who know like god only knows what's canon for like you know peter parker or bruce wayne or whoever right because there's yeah. been so many different incarnations of them now so i think it's weird like the thing i i, I always sort of i don't necessarily worry about it but mm. i always wonder about it with like the mcu how long do you do this for you know how so long do you making have, money. have a cohesive universe? You know, yeah. do you get like twenty years into it and go, right? Okay, we've we've kind of lost a lot of the big hitters. Do we now go back and restart and do it all over again? You know, it's 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 unprecedented. I mean, like, yeah. we do have some. There are some legacy things. A lot of people say, and and you said it there, but you you kind of prefaced it right that nothing to this extent has ever been done before. There are people who, like, when this start happening, like, oh, there's never been tied in series of films before. And I get really annoyed about it because I'm like, well, Universal were doing it with, like, monster movies back in, like, the, yeah, the, the like, 50s, 50s well, and 60s. Before the 50s, yeah. yeah like... You know, they had monster crossovers and, and they had crossovers like Abbott and Costello and, like, really random crap like that, you know, going way, way back. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, it, it was done, but it wasn't done as, like, cohesive storyline and storytelling in the same way the MCU's done it. Um, which is where it's a big difference. I mean, even things like James Bond as well. They've not nest, they've not had crossovers, but they've had this kind of story that spanned, you know, generations. I totally forgot about James Bond when I made that statement. But, yeah. but that, I mean, it's not how my it's, statement is now incorrect. It's not because 
because James Bond were always James Bond, right? They're all James Bond films. It's not like there was yeah. James Bond and then, you know, whatever the name of... Felix films. Yeah, that Felix films. That would be films. awesome. Do a Felix film. <laughs> like, there's like, there's a lot you could do with the Bond franchise, you know, they, they've never done. Um, yeah. Just to get completely off off topic. Um, but yeah, I just a think... Film just about Spectre as well. That would be great. You could do loads of stuff. Like, you could do uh, all the... Di- there's different double O's as well. You know, mm-hmm. like I would have loved like a film back back when um, Tomorrow Never Dies came out. I would have loved like a Sean Bean, like about his character before yeah. he goes he goes into being a bad guy. Trevelyan, is it? I think he's called. Uh, yeah, Double uh, O Six. Yeah, uh, that was Goldeneye. Is it Goldeneye? Not Tomorrow Night. Tomorrow uh, Never Dies was. I can't remember which actor was the villain, but he was like a media mogul with his invisible submarine. Yes. So he was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Golden is one of the best. Robert, the world is not enough with Robert Carlyle as the main villain was underrated. I feel it was silly, but like I like Bond being silly. Random bit of trivia about Robert Carlyle: I was nearly in a film with Robert Carlyle. No. Yep. Which True film? Story. The Philosopher's Stone uh, is a, a film he was in. I've never seen it. Uh, most people haven't, but it does exist. Not anything to do with um, with, with Harry Potter, I'm guessing. No, no, no. Uh, so I was when I was at university, I signed mm-hmm. up to an extras agency, uh, and I got picked up to be an extra in in the Philosopher's Stone. And I went in. And I had all my hair cut into like a Victorian style because I think it's like a Victorian era uh, film. Uh, this was when I had hair, so that's how long ago it was. So I had my hair cut into Victorian style. I got dressed and got kitted uh, for like Victorian clothing, and they like hung it all up. It was really interesting actually to see it firsthand. Mm. They hung it all up and like they put the date I was going to be coming in. Uh, with other extras, uh, hung it all up and put my name on it and that. And then the day before uh, I was supposed to be filming, I got bronchitis, and I couldn't go. Oh, and I was oh, raging. Damn. And then I read that like apparently Robert Carlyle was a really friendly guy, and he goes around and like talks to all the extras. And I was so angry because I was like, I would have loved to meet Robert oh. Carlyle. No. So gutted, absolutely raging. I'm sorry I brought back this painful memory. Now. No, it's fine. It's fine. End the episode, Josh. Can't can't keep going. On that on, on that sad note, <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>